you in trouble? No, everything's fine. I just wanted to tell you about Peter Fisher's modeling contest. Rina, I don't believe you. Our communicators are for sailor business. Moon Podcast Escalation! Hey everybody, quick note before we start the episode, we did have a little bit of Skype trouble with Karen Healy's uh, Skype connection. It wasn't really her fault, it's our fault, but uh, the point is, uh, hopefully you will still listen to it because she is super awesome and this is a fun episode. So if you hear a little bit of like, it's hard to understand bits, uh, just keep going. It gets better later and it goes on and off, but you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. It's a great episode. Hello everyone, my name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business, the podcast where we watch every single episode of the 1992 Sailor Moon anime and talk about just why it is that we love this show so very much. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a great show for you lined up today. It is a it is a weird episode, uh, <laughs> a certain. weird novelization, and we have a great guest. Uh, when I asked people to suggest guests for Sailor Business on Twitter, a friend of mine said, oh, you should get Karen Healy on and ask her about the M&M's thing. Uh, so, Karen Healy, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi there. Please tell us about the M&M's thing. <laughs> okay. So, when I was um, just starting high school, so I was 13 now, high school is longer, um, I got into Sailor Moon. It was really, really cool. And I got a lot of my friends into it. And then you have to pick, you know, which service center you're going to be. And you can't all want to be the same person. That was all really fun. And so, we had all these like little rituals and games and stuff and secret insights knowledge which made us feel cooler than so many people um, and one of the things we came up with were these <laughs> whenever we were eating M&M's so you eat the M&M's and then when you start getting down to the last ones you sort them into color-coded groups that have one of each in them then you'd start tossing them into the air and eating them in the order that the sailor sent she died and they um, <laughs> face off against Beryl's Binions and the DD girls yes. um, but if you got if you if you missed any with your mouth, you had to go back and start again from the beginning. That seems like a plot and to just eat a lot of M and M's. It was really <laughs> like, oh no, I'm just Jupiter. <laughs> oh, oh somebody had me another bag of candy. It's <laughs> a very soggy thing to do. Yeah, I, I have quite a lot in common with this idea. What, what about uh, the brown ones? Oh, they were tuxedo masks. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> sure, sure, that makes sense. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, other, aside from, from confectionaries, what is, uh, what is your history with Sailor Moon? You were a fan in high school? I was massive. Okay. So I started, um, I went to, uh, I don't know how to explain this very well. You have like junior high school that's three years and then high school, which is four years. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, that's what we have in America. Yeah. Right. So we have intermediate school, which is two years and then high school, which is five years. Mm. Um, and I was, so, so you're, you're a younger student for quite a long time. And so I was just moving from being the oldest kid kid in a school with two year groups in it to the youngest kid in a group with five year groups in it and it was all very scary there was so many more people there um and then Sailor Moon started being on tv and Sailor Moon introduced me to the internet that's the first time I ever wrote fanfic that's the first time I wrote anything that anyone read it got me into learning Japanese and then uh going on exchange to Japan and then teaching in Japan for two years when I was older it got me into, yeah, it kind of vaguely got me into superheroes. 
and then a little bit into feminism. I mean, I was already into feminism because I was a 12-year-old girl who didn't like being told she couldn't do things. But um, the, the idea that you could also be a hero and throw your tiara at people and still wake up late and still not have to be a perfect hero, but you could be a hero. I thought that was really, really cool. That's that is, that's really awesome. So you, you did the whole thing. You learned Japanese and went to Japan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was like um, Japanese because New Zealand's a Pacific Asian country, sort of. So Japanese was in our high schools from 1990 or so. Um, so, yeah, I learned Japanese badly. And then I went to uni and did it there. And then I failed it at uni. And then when I, <laughs> when I passed with my English and Classics degree, I um, did what everybody with an MA in English does, which is go, what can I do with this? Oh, I'll go into <laughs> Japan for a couple of years. So I did that and it was great. I loved it so much. Um, but I've seen like the uh, the Japanese experience from an outside perspective, but at almost every level of the schooling there. So coming back to Sailor Moon and looking at the nostalgia, it's just like, oh, I have way more sympathy with Miss Haruna than I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. love, like, we've talked about this before on the show. Haruna is easily one of my favorite characters. Haruna and Yusagi's mom are like, yep. <laughs> they're so great. I love them. I wish. Yeah. And I think that's a cool thing about Sailor Moon is that the, the ostensible background characters and supporting cast are like, you, you, you know, you see very little of Haruna and you see even less of uh, Yusagi's mom, but they're like really compelling yep, characters. They are. Yeah. Yeah. They have really <laughs> defined characters, which which, I mean, it helps that they are also exactly like Yusagi. So. <laughs> I have so I have, two, I have two questions about this. Uh, first of all, then when you were in high school, were you watching the the American Canadian dub or was there a different dub? Oh, no, the American Canadian one. Oh, it was. Okay. And then the other question was, when you watched it for this, now that you speak Japanese, did you just watch it in Japanese with no subtitles or anything? Or I, I'm not anywhere close to that good, especially the speed. I, I lived in Japan seven years ago. And even while I was there, I wasn't particularly fluent. I could get by. Um, but I wasn't fluent enough be able to watch Japanese anime without subtitles or a friend. Although I, you know, I sort of managed with Cardcaptor Sakura, that was the other thing. So I watched it with subtitles and it's funny. But every now and then I'll be like, that's not the exact translation of what she's actually saying. I'm offended. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. I, I, I look forward to reading the introduction to your fanfic. You talk about the translation ruining Sailor Moon. I think you can still find a lot of my fanfic. Oh, so, so what was, I mean, we always... Whenever we have a guest who admits to uh, <laughs> writing fan fiction, I always like I always want to ask about it because it is something that I know is really really common in anime fandom in general and Sailor Moon fandom in particular. Uh, yeah. But something that I never really did. I never even really read much uh, Sailor Moon fan fiction. Uh, so what was the uh, what, what was your angle? What was the focus um, of yours? Well, you know, this is the first time I'd actually been exposed to the internet too, so that was exciting. Um, so I got online and I went to news groups and mailing lists and I read you know fanfic in the raw a lot of it wasn't archived at that point um, and a lot of it was really terrible and I 13 year old I was like oh, I'm gonna write something so I did and you know people gave me praise and I liked that as much as anybody else so I did that and then I joined um, Impro Fanfic which is a round robin improvised anime style original writing hmm. and I did that for years and years and years it was really cool and then it went bitter as these internet communities do <laughs> um Wait, an internet community went, went bad on you? I know, right? <laughs> oh, no. But it was the first day that it happened to me. But I'm still friends with some of the people who, who were in that. Like, we went raiding yesterday and wow. Um, 
so yeah i i had a lot of fun with it and you can probably actually still find some of it yeah and pro fanfic me brian leo Malley, and a couple of other people <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah now were you were you writing under your own name or were you doing it as under a secret name that we can't reveal oh it was under pseudonym um i can't reveal it actually because i write professionally now and i don't want no no know, problem no problem i wouldn't want to stuff. but yeah um and i still write fanfic so oh really on the yeah. <laughs> instant gratification <laughs> i actually um i was playing the game slash i don't know if you know this game it's a it's a card game that's kind of like cards against humanity but it's all about trying to pair up fictional characters with each other oh uh, this is amazing yeah it's it's really super fun super fun highly recommended and i was playing with uh with one of my coworkers, and a really random pairing came up what was it it was um i think it was mr spock and one of the characters from uh the west wing Totally do that one. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing that came up, and it was really random and weird. And and uh, I made a bet with uh, with my coworker that that didn't exist on the internet, and she was not able to find it. And as a Ooh. result of the bet, she said she would write me a fanfic of anything I chose, uh, a, a slash Ooh. fic. And so I told her she needed to write for me a C three PO Luna slash fic. Uh, and so, <laughs> so I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, that brings us to the next segment of our show, which is act sorry. <laughs> Where we need to apologize for sins we have committed against Sailor Moon. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. Uh, but we actually have a uh, a minor apology, or at least a correction to make. Jordan and I are not too terribly familiar with uh, Japanese culture. I am only familiar with it through the lens of Sailor Moon and Japanese pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, look, look, it covers it. It covers it. Realism. Yeah. If you want to know about America, you know, you can learn everything you need to know from WWE and uh, and Batman. Oh, so come on. Why not? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I know about America. Yeah. Where do you uh, learn about America? Okay. Fresh Prince of Batman. <laughs> Um, Cheers. And what was the other really major one? Baywatch. That's how I know things about America. Wow. I mean, look, you're not wrong. Yeah. Fresh Prince, you're, Cheers, and Baywatch. That's quite a You're not wrong at all. You. That is, I am going to go ahead and say fairly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we had a discussion in our last episode about uh, the wedding dresses uh, and a couple of other things. And we had some some friendly corrections from uh, people on the internet, from listeners on the internet. And Karen, you actually wanted to tell us about this as well. Tell me what people on the internet said. Oh, uh, they told us primarily uh, that the reason wedding dresses are not often white in anime and manga and in Japan in general is that white as a color is associated with death. So you, it, it would be essentially like wearing black to an American wedding, uh, from what I gather. Uh, although there are Western style weddings, which is weird because that is the, I mean, there have been several episodes of Super Sentai shows that I've watched that are based around weddings and they always have the Western style white dresses. That's uh, because like they they started to incorporate so there's okay so when a Japanese bride gets married she might have a Shinto ceremony and a, and a Buddhist ceremony and a Christian ceremony or wow. at least a ceremony that looks like a Christian ceremony which doesn't include an actual Western minister but includes all the fun trappings of let's exchange rings and then everyone claps hmm. and for that she might wear a white dress and then she'll go and get changed into a purple dress and take some photos and then into a pink dress and take some photos and all of these are rented they're not dresses you keep. Yeah, I was going to say, this seems really expensive. Yeah, no, they're, they're dresses you have 
for the photos. So, you know, um, in the Western realm, you might hire a photographer and you might pay a license to stand on a special beach so that you can be photographed there. Um, and that's your memento of the day. In Japan, that stuff happens, but also the clothes are part of the props for the, huh. the day. So, yeah, it's it's all, yeah. So when I looked at wedding photos, it was it was pretty cool in Japan because when my, um, when my colleagues would show me photos of their weddings, it'd be like, oh, so I don't have to stare at the same white dress all the time and talk about how nice it is. Here's a purple one and here's a pink one and here's a red one and these are all really cool. I love them. So the dresses that they made in that contest would be dresses that people would just like rent and then give back? Oh, well, for that, because it was like the handcrafted competition. So that it was all about how good your sewing skills were, okay. your design skills were. So you're making one for yourself in that, in that situation. Well, that, um, and that does actually make sense because there's a point in the episode where uh, Ray's grandpa talks about how they she's trying to get away with the the wedding dress that belongs to the temple that right. they rent out. Right. Yeah, I'm, a wedding kimono costs thousands and thousands of dollars. And oh. it, it's not like an individual thing. Like um, in the West, we have these wedding gowns and you might hand it down to your daughter and your granddaughter and that kind of thing. It's not considered an individual possession okay. in Japan. It's a formal outfit that you wear for a formal occasion. It would be like um, a high school boy buying a tuxedo instead of renting one to go to prom. Okay, okay. Well, what about a high school boy buying a tuxedo and then wearing it to fight crime? Does that oh my happen God. often? That's beautiful. <laughs> That happens in the States all the time, right? What happens in Japan, I know, because the only yeah, yeah. thing I know about Japan comes from this show. About Japan. <laughs> the, the, the other thing that they tweeted at us was about the, the age thing, the thing about, <laughs> I'm trying to find that Wedding tweet. cake, yeah. Yeah, the, the thing about wedding cake was, that was rough. Oh no, it was, was, it was so Christmas cake. Stuff. Yeah, they said- it, Christmas cake, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, unmarried women Christmas are like cake. Christmas cake. Nobody wants either after the 25th. Wow. Yeah. All right, look, I'm not going to say that's not hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, that's something, that's something I heard a couple of times in the States. You've and then they'd look at me and go, not you, it's different. Wow. I do not support that idea no. uh, for either Christmas cake or wedding <laughs> uh, or marriageable brides. <laughs> Here we had to pause for a moment because the uh, Skype call broke down and then we resumed a few moments later. Do you remember what we were talking about? <laughs> Oh God! We were talking about Christmas cake, I think. Oh yeah, and how, cake. and how someone told you that you were that it didn't apply to you. You were not a no, Christmas it doesn't, cake. No, no, a lot of things didn't apply to me because I was foreign. Um, so it'd be things like, oh, every every woman should wear makeup to work, and then they'd look anxiously and go, but but not you, Karen Sensei. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's time to talk about this episode of Sailor Moon. Uh, let's see what is it called it is called usagi is a model the flash monster camera yes exactly usagi is a model well we'll see how that turns out for her (laughs) again this is one of the uh filler episodes i guess you would call it uh it is as in it is not based on the manga directly right so rather than comparing it to any installment of naoko takeuchi's original manga i do have the young adult novelization uh, by (laughs) leanne centaur this ran in volume six of sailor moon which was called Scouts on Film, and it is the lead story, or it, I'm sorry, it is the second of three stories in the novel. And it's a weird one, but not nearly as weird as the last episode where there was a completely different structure. Okay. Um, 
I will say we have gotten to the point in the novels where Leon Centaur is starting to take a lot of uh, liberties with the source oh. material in the name of sort of amping up the ongoing drama. Uh, but we will get to that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing uh, hearing about it. This is an episode. I, again, I watched as I always do the the Japanese, and then I watched the original dub. This is one of those episodes where it's like they just didn't give a crap about what it said in Japanese. Not again, not to the extent that they changed the plot, but they're just like, yeah, yeah, we get the gist and just everybody says everything different for no reason whatsoever so it's very strange where uh, next week's episode the with the dolls it's almost an exact translation even in the the original dub but this one yeah it's mm. like it's like they just didn't give a crap they just were like uh he could just say something don't worry about it it's very strange. well the novels actually like there's entire scenes added into the novel that i was wondering if they are at all reflected in the uh the american version because i don't remember the american version for this one at all no well we'll have to talk it, unfortunately it's not as good the japanese version is definitely better this time um but we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it yeah it'll be fun so so this this episode begins oh uh, well chris it does begin with a, a little a little uh clip that you like to talk about doesn't it yeah that's right uh in case you're just joining us for the first time uh our heroine is yusagi Tsukino. uh she's 14 years old a cancer her blood types O, and her birthstone is a pearl which we do not find yeah, out in this episode that's They've outside information giving us that information you are only getting that information from me now <laughs> Uh, what, what's, do you remember her birthday? Is it June 30th or July 30th? I think, I think it's June 30th, I think July 30th of my girlfriend's birthday. Yeah, I think it's June. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I, at one point I figured out what year she was born, but I don't remember how I figured that out or, or when or why. Uh, it, it says it in the show at some point. Does it? Okay. And we should, I can't wait for the episode that we are going to record on Yusagi's birthday. We, cause we have to have a party. Oh, that'll be fun. We'll, we'll, we'll have to have like four of them. <laughs> Because it'll take us that long to record this. <laughs> I do like the fact that in the clip, every episode now, we do get to see Luna uh, popping a, a brooch out of her butt with a backflip. Yes. <laughs> so that's fun. But in addition, yes, she has a friend, Amy, uh, who is a, a kind-hearted genius, and she has a hot-headed psychic friend named Ray. Okay. So this episode starts in the classroom where Usagi has discovered in a magazine that a uh, a middle school boy in their neighborhood who goes to a school very close to Ray's school, I believe they say in the Japanese one, not the actual school that Ray goes to, but a, a school right, nearby. He, he's not, he's not yeah. going to the prestigious TA Academy. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he has he's like a very famous photographer all of a sudden even though he's he's only in middle school uh so they're super excited just say that's one of the things i really like about sailor moon is that it constantly celebrates young people being exceptionally talented at something oh yeah so there's this photographer and then in the next episode we've got a girl who makes like adult quality exhibition dolls and it's just really nice to see aspirational stuff where it's not here's an adult doing a thing that's really cool but but here are young people doing it and young women doing it awesome i would question the use of the word celebrate <laughs> it acknowledges that they exist and then they turn into monsters <laughs> no it never turns into a monster the doll turns into a monster the kid is still ultra talented and gets to keep being ultra talented but he does in the go case crazy of this guy that changes a little yeah uh, his name is uh kijin shinokawa uh in the original version in the novel which i assume goes along with the dub his name is Peter Fisher. Yep, Peter Fisher. <laughs> uh... 
You saw now, Jordan, one of the things that you oh. missed, though, was that this doesn't open during class. It opens during lunchtime at oh, uh, the uh, Juban Middle School. And that is where we pick up with uh, Leanne Centaur, who does an amazing opening for this section of the book that I think is... I mean, look, the novels are a little weird, but they the version of Serena, the version of Usagi that exists in the novels is so on point. <laughs> uh, th- this is how this section opens. This is chapter five, Photography Fanatic. Serena settled her lunch bag in her lap and rubbed her hands happily. Lunchtime. Quite possibly it's the best time of the day. Those precious 45 minutes where she could ditch her classes and forget about school amidst the bliss of sandwiches and juice boxes. Serena felt that if there was a heaven, it would be a place where it was lunchtime all the time. Nice. It's so perfect. And she won't, like, uh, Molly and uh, Amy try to talk to her, but then she just, like, won't even speak to them until she has had her first bite of her sandwich. Huh. You know, what's what's interesting about that to me is that it's it's a place where they are, uh, they're able to fully Americanize her. Because now that you mention that, I do remember the beginning of the episode being at lunch because she's, she's opening her little, you know, like like bento box bento kind of box. yeah she has a bento box and and so yeah. obviously even though she's speaking in english and they throw in some american ideas and stuff she's still eating japanese food because she's actually in japan and that's what they drew it's interesting to hear them talking yeah. about like juice boxes and sandwiches because that's not you never yeah. actually see her with those things that's that's fun i like that. little sandwiches sometimes turn out bento boxes those are great like little egg sandwich little cucumber sandwich but no she's eating rice yeah she yep. has a she has an egg salad sandwich uh, that she is super into <laughs> there is like paragraph description about this egg salad sandwich and how good it is. Uh, which again, I really like. Uh, I really enjoy getting full-on lazy gluttonous uh, Serena who, who only, who lives for lunchtime. Yeah. She falls into that but Shaggy I mean, and Scooby category. She does. And she's not, she's not particularly talented student and she has to sit in a desk in a row and listen to teachers talk to her all day, which as a teacher I understand is not always the most exciting thing in the world. Um, <laughs> and then lunch. You get to eat lunch and hear all the gossip like your friend who's still studying during lunchtime oh Amy yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah Serena tra- as we've said before uh, Usagi is relatable <laughs> she is <laughs> I identify with her so much Serena tries to get Amy to agree to go check out this uh, this photographer and Amy's just like no I again I have cram school I'm studying that's what I do like I know you want to have fun but this is important this is my fun yeah that's the I, thing that I, I like where, where uh, Usagi's like don't you want to have fun and uh, at least in the new dub, I think she says something that is uniquely Japanese in its phrasing in the subtitles. She says something about um, this is like your time, your your beautiful time of adolescence. Yeah, don't wa- waste your precious. Studying is my precious time of adolescence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the new dub, which I'm actually uh, I'm actually really growing to enjoy the new dub uh, quite a bit as it moves on, and you get especially Luna sounding more and more like a mom as the show goes <laughs> on. But in the dub, she just says, uh, "Yeah." Uh, I know you want to go have fun, but this is fun for me. I enjoy doing this. <laughs> and I love that she's so unapologetic about it. She's like, no, studying's awesome. Ah, woo, functions. <laughs> so she ends up, uh, so, 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 so Yusagi settles for her second best friend <laughs> and goes with, uh, <laughs> with Best Molly. friend classic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they run out to, to where there's a press conference happening, or, or at least the, the press are, are mobbing uh, this young photographer. And that's another thing that happens in this show. I mean, you want, if you want to talk about them celebrating the achievements of adolescence. Yeah. Sailor Moon does take place in a world where there are constantly middle, like people who are accomplished in middle school being yeah. mobbed by the press. 
Yeah, the first person's like, oh, tell us all about this thing. And it's not just like I rang up your mother and I arranged an interview with you, which actually happens with exceptional children. It's just like we're all going to hang around outside your high school taking photos and yelling questions at you. <laughs> yeah, because that happened with and him. And not get arrested. <laughs> right. That happened with the, the tennis uh, girl. That happened with uh, – what's the name of the, the, the actress who um, – the episode where the actress who used to go to their school was discovered. Uh, yeah, they, oh, they yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They just yeah. like to mom think, these, like, these kids. Rui and uh, and Peter Fisher. I can't remember. I can't even remember his name <laughs> yep. that we just talked yeah. about. Uh, they are like they are literally just thirteen year olds who are pretty good at a thing. No, they're yeah. exceptional. They, yeah, they're exceptional. But they're like, reaching their peak energy. When was the? <laughs> okay, look, you got me there. You got me. They are reaching the peak there. So does that mean that like at the newsroom at the Tokyo TV station, there is also like a news director in his office going, "The stars see all. The stars." <laughs> know all show me a child that will make a good news story yeah <laughs> yeah the the japanese uh the japanese perry white is sending out the japanese jimmy olsen to go get pictures of these kids i mean look I that sounds like accurate jimmy, i feel it would be more than the japanese j jonah jameson like <laughs> i just, need pictures just pictures yeah, of middle pictures. school students <laughs> <laughs> doing something positive in their community <laughs> Go! Go! Speaking she of might win a tennis tournament, someone go interview her. <laughs> Speaking of creating art, though, so they they run up and uh, wouldn't you know it? Stick in the mud. Ray is there in in full stick in the mud mode, uh, going. You're not allowed to go near this famous person, and she chastises them. <laughs> she really does. Like a fake art geek. Yeah, she accu- she says you don't. You're not allowed to, to ask for their autograph because you don't understand photography. You don't get the art. Yeah. Why don't you name three photographers? <laughs> Yeah. Do you even do you even know what an F stop is? <laughs> yeah. So Ray continues to be like she is kind of back in this episode after the delightful turn in the past couple as a conniving schemer. She is kind of back to being like you said, she's a stick in the mud. <laughs> Yeah, she's just just there to, to 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 rub their faces in the fact that she's better than them. We also get our our first look at uh at Peter. What is his name? Kijin? Is that right? Kijin Shinokawa. That's Peter. Right. I think of him yeah. as Peter. Uh, he he does not go to their school. In the novel, he does attend their school. Yeah, in the in the dub as well. And uh, uh Usagi has a class with him, but he's different. Here, oh, he he's goes to Usagi's a, school. Yes, he goes to Usagi's. Oh, school. I'm sorry. Yeah, in the dub, he goes to Ray's school, and Ray is no, no, no. He goes to uh, Usagi mentions having like science class with. Oh. him. Oh, that's super weird. Yeah, because in, in the in the in the American version of the race scene, she's rather than accusing them of um, of being uh, you know photography wannabes, uh, she's like going, "He's the prize student of at our school, and you know you're not allowed to be here. Press is only here. Like you should go back to your school. Uh, it's weird." Uh, in the in the anime, he is he's just kind of a he's a serious artist. You know, he's a, he's kind of preoccupied. He's kind of shy. In the novel, he goes to Isagi school, and they see him walking by after they read the magazine about how he won a contest. And uh, Isagi is like, hey, Peter, come over here. We want to talk to you. And he comes over and he talks about, like, is this at all in the uh, in the 92 dub where he is, like, obsessed with balance and no. meditation? No. <laughs> okay, so that is an invention of the novel where he complains about having stayed up all night trying to meditate and realign and regain the, uh, the energy, actually, that he has expended <laughs> on this photo set that won the contest. Well, and mate, so maybe he's- you should go to sleep, honey. <laughs> yeah. 
he's really weird and kind of new agey in no, the that's novel, not which is all. an interesting uh, character quirk. Uh, and Yusagi does not approve of his hair, which is, to be fair, it's out terrible. of control. Oh, no. Oh, no. What did he do? Did he just like forget that he put dye on in the middle? <laughs> I, is, is, I could not tell if it was supposed to be like a highlight or if he just has a red and black striped hair. I mean, he's an artist. Maybe he did do it on purpose. Although he doesn't look like he thinks about his hair. Yeah. No. He has a weird red, like it's, it's a, it's, he looks like a red and black skunk. <laughs> it is not a, it is not a great hairstyle. He is also known for taking landscapes. Yes. That is all he takes uh, pictures of. Yes. Yeah. And but, the press like, are you going to keep taking pictures of landscapes? Yeah. When are you yeah. going to move up to the big times? <laughs> yeah. Taking photos of girls in swimsuits. <laughs> so again, it will shock you to learn that he's about to reach his peak energy. He's out like dangling off the side of a cliff trying to take a beautiful picture. Uh, Where and- are his parents, by the way? I really want to know about this. How did he get here? <laughs> no, judging he get by the rest eye? of the show, his parents are dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but speaking of his parents being dead, uh, this is the scene where if it wasn't for the bad guy of the show, he would be dead. He almost falls off yes. a cliff to his death. Nephrite saves him. Nephrite, I'm sorry, saves him and 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 puts his evil crest on his camera, thus uh, making him the new target of energy. And then for some reason, after he does that is when he goes back and checks uh, whether or not that's what the stars wanted. This is this is a weird yeah. Jedi plan where he just sees something going down. And he's like, oh, I better go ahead and better go ahead and put the evil crest on this one just to be sure. Well, and my- he goes to confirm it in his uh, his observation. Well, yeah, my wife pointed out that he actually takes the magazine that the kid appeared in, puts it down on the floor, and then is like, stars, what do you think? And the stars like go <laughs> and shoot at the magazine to confirm it. <laughs> so it's not like he's figuring out because there's there's only the one magazine. It would have it would have pointed at whatever he put there. Uh, it is okay. Oh, that Nephrite has his spooky house. Yep. And it's got very tall trees and it's <laughs> always surrounded by mist. And he's selected this spot as a as a good place to do some astrology with <laughs> He cannot actually get any view of the stars. The stars come to his living room. It's fine. <laughs> like he, like he has a, he has all the stars in a room. That's true. It's just weird. He's got yeah, a he, magical planetarium. <laughs> there's a lot about the Dark Kingdom that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, so immediately, uh, Kijin starts uh, just taking pictures of anything, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, uh, "Hey, guess what, guys? A middle school boy goes all of a sudden. Hey, I would like to start taking pictures of girls." I remember that summer. (laughs) Yeah, is that a Dark Kingdom plot? Not necessarily. (laughs) He's reaching peak puberty energy. Uh, We go back to Isagi's house uh, where she's reading uh, Young Fashion Magazine. Is that what it says? Oh, God. Which is a good uh, good title. Uh, I actually really like this because uh, we can see the back cover of the magazine. And, of course, there's like a weight loss ad and then an ad for Sailor V uh, on the back cover, which I think is, is... like it's so instantly recognizable. Like the weight loss ad is is hilarious. It is pretty yeah. funny. Um, then Luna shows up and says, "Hey, cultural bounds. Oh yeah, that's true. Luna shows up and says, "Hey, I just pooped out a new communicator." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here you go. I gave, uh, I gave Amy, well, cause she's, cause she actually says something like, I just finished, or like, your, your new communicator is finished. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's been working on it. I do like to imagine <laughs> Amy, like, sitting on Yusagi's desk, like, with a soldering iron. Yeah. <laughs> just really getting in there, connecting the circuits. Uh, I just like to point out that we have only now achieved the technology of being able to talk to each other on cell phone sized things through video communication. That's true. So, we've finally caught up with Sailor Moon. Luna invented FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is very true. Uh, it she, is described. It, 
in the novel, incidentally, it is described consistently as a calculator. What? Uh, which I think is funny. It has. That's what it looks like. It, it looks has, like a calculator. Well, yeah. okay. It looks like a calculator, except it has a grand total of eight buttons. Yeah. And two of them are stars. <laughs> two of them are stars. So you can't really do very much math on it. <laughs> which, okay. That in and of itself is weird because uh, there are three Sailor Senshi at this point. There are three scouts. Right. Uh, and in the novel, all it says is, oh, hey, uh, it's real simple, Usagi, because I know you're not very bright. Oh. <laughs> push the blue button to talk to Amy. Push the red button to talk to Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the but it, when you see it in the anime, it's got six buttons, six pink and buttons, two of and them two stars. stars yeah. Six pink buttons and two uh, yellow stars. So even if we're even if we're giving Luna the benefit of the doubt and saying, oh, she's probably planning ahead for once the rest of the inner century show up. What's the sixth button for? <laughs> <laughs> and what do the stars do? Well, and you uh, don't need a fifth button even. You don't even need a fifth button because the fifth scout is herself. She's not going to call herself. Maybe once for I mean, Luna, once for Artemis. Okay. So then what's the sixth one for? <laughs> well, no, I'm saying uh, Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, Venus, Artemis, and Luna. That's it. Yeah, so if Artemis and Luna are the stars, that still leaves one extra. Oh, uh, oh, they're the stars, you think? Oh, okay. Mm, I don't know. Tuxedo mask. When they find tuxedo mask number. Yeah. Once she gets it. When she scores his digits. Uh, <laughs> I, there had to be a toy of this. I don't so, think so. It's a really dumb had, toy, oh, no, dude. There were toys of everything. There were toys of everything. There were toys of the wands and the scepters and the sticks and the, the brooches. So if anybody had a toy of the communicator and can tell us what the buttons on that actually did, I would love to know that. I, uh, I, I'm i going to say there's, there wasn't one. I'm going to guess there wasn't one. I will, George, I will look it up right now. <laughs> Okay. I can't <laughs> wait. Sailor, I'll just um, sort of those While you look that up, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll just tell a little bit more of the story. Uh, in the magazine, Usagi learns that Peter, or whatever his name was, is... Uh, is yes. He has decided he is going to start taking pictures of women uh, and girls. He's looking for an... He's got an open call for models. Anybody could become a model. Just send in... I don't even know what you send in. I, I, she, they, she doesn't say what she does to get into this contest. She sends something, I guess. She got her headshots. Presumably, but she didn't, she never takes them. I don't know. And so, so when Luna gives her the communicator, she goes, great, I'm going to use this to call Amy and tell her about the contest. And she calls up Amy and says, Amy, there's a modeling contest. And Amy goes, this is for sailor business, Usagi. <laughs> this is not for uh, model talk. I, and then okay. she literally says, believe it or not, I cannot see any toys. Of course there's of not. The, uh, the communicate, the sailor moon communicator. There, but there had to have been. No, it's a oh, dumb looking toy. There were puzzles and stationery. And I mean, there was every. <laughs> Thing. Yeah, but yeah, this isn't this is an ugly toy. Trust me, this is not a toy that would appeal oh, to you. The rest ugly. of the Sailor Moon toys, Jordan, <laughs> they're much better. All right, back to the show. Back to the show. In, I want to point out that in the, I think in the Japanese version, Amy's like, I, I you know, fine, I've got homework to do. I'm busy. Uh, I love that in the American dub, she says, uh, I've got, I'm doing a math problem. I'm, I'm yeah, busy. In, that's in the subtitles too. She says, I'm busy doing a math problem. Yeah, which I, which I think is so funny because she doesn't say, I'm doing my math homework. She says, I'm doing a math problem. So I imagine it to be like like a goodwill hunting, one like no one's ever problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one's ever <laughs> solved this, but I'm gonna crack it tonight. Yeah. Well, no, that's right. Yeah, that was the that was the Japanese version. Now that I think about it, the American version, she says, I'm working on a program to help us find the moon princess. That's what the American does. Oh yeah, said. that plot. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what that program is like and if uh they're just gonna put like, who do we know <laughs> whose name is Rabbit Moon? Well again, it's a yeah, long time ago. So basically the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time ago, so I imagine she's inventing Google. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> She's creating the search engine. <laughs> uh, Usagi tells Shingo, uh, her little brother, who will be a big character in the next episode, mm-hmm. uh, that she wants to be a model, and he laughs in her face. <laughs> I would like to point out that she's handing out plates and helping get ready for dinner, and oh. he's sitting on his ass and laughing at her. Wow. Yeah, look, Shingo's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I say I say this as a as a little brother, a, a former little brother who did not get along with his sister. Uh, Shingo is a jerk. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's in uh, elementary school. Aren't all kids that age jerks? But the weird thing is that he says, uh, when when Usagi tells him that she wants to be a model, he says, a model needs more than just a pretty face and a nice body. Yeah. That's a no, weird that, thing to tell your sister. Wrong. <laughs> and then he says, she has to have a sharp mind, too, which I do not want to disparage uh, any... <laughs> any models I out there because look look the stereotype there, there are a lot of stereotypes of uh careers athletes uh professional wrestlers models uh actors like th- they that they can get by on their looks or their physical appearance and mm. not be very bright that's not necessarily true but that said i don't think you need to have a sharp mind <laughs> No. Yeah, the fashion industry doesn't care if you have a sharp mind. In fact, the dumber you are, the better, because then you won't understand how absolutely tedious what you're being asked to do over and over again is. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Speaking- but there are, I mean, obviously, beauty doesn't, doesn't like balance out. Very, very brilliant people can also be, um, you know, what we consider pretty. But I, I just love that they have this emphasis on it. It's like, Usagi, if you want to be a model, you have to study. Yeah, I feel like that is, that is not <laughs> Shingo talking to Usagi. That is the, oh. the makers of the this show talking to their audience. Mm-hmm. Well, she like, says hey. she, she says she'll try though, guys. She's going to give it a, a, a real serious effort because she means it this time. But we get a picture of a a photo of Usagi where she is making a face that looks like <laughs> Ditto from Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, and there's a stamp that appears on it. And according to the subtitles on the DVD, the stamp says, Miss Dummy Fails. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, which is, that is brutal. That is pretty bad. Well, and then to make matters worse, she starts crying and then goes, cries to her mother and says, Oh, Sam, Shingo's being mean to me. And the mother says, No, that sounds about right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I love Mrs. Tsukino. Yeah. <laughs> and the reaction uh, that she gets from like the, the face that she pulls after uh, her mom says that is delightful. And I'm going to screen cap that right now. Uh, I will say the way this plays out in the novel is the start of things being really different from how it goes in the, the show. Like I said, it's not a completely different structure like it is uh, in the last episode, but there are a lot of tweaks. And one of the tweaks is that she tells her family over dinner that she's entering this modeling contest and her dad flips out really uh, her dad who's not in the scene no uh, not at all. her yeah. dad is like her dad is like a model i'm not gonna let any boy put you in inappropriate clothing and take pictures <laughs> which seems like a reasonable concern <laughs> But is like like it's such a weird leap to make to yeah. yeah you know my friend won a photography contest for his landscapes and now he wants to do portraits uh, and he's having a contest to find his model well he's probably gonna put you in a bikini and take more <laughs> pictures I forbid it well but, I mean he's right that is literally I mean, what's yes. gonna happen he is correct <laughs> but like again why would you leap to that <laughs> that's just that is not a logical progression of events no maybe he's seen too much um, next top model and he knows that. That there's the, the swimsuit round. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, well, there's oh. always a swimsuit round, isn't there, in oh. all of the beauty pageants and things? This is the start of a, a thing in the novel where everyone is against Usagi entering the contest for various reasons. Uh, 
her, her dad's against it because of impropriety, I guess you would call that. Uh, the scouts are obviously against it because she is once again doing something that is not sailory. Mm-hmm. It's she's <laughs> not focusing on sailor business, right? And uh, Darian, as we'll see in a moment. Oh yeah, I can't wait to get to this. Dead set against it now. Okay, so so after her mother. <laughs> insults her to her face and says yeah you don't have what it takes she she runs off to the uh the game arcade to cry to motoki uh motoki is like yeah don't listen to them don't give up you know the most important thing is that you, you is that you don't give up like that you, you set your sights on a goal and you work for it no matter what even if it is hard and even if it doesn't look like you have much of a shot so nice <laughs> I just really like him. He's such a good kid. Like he's obviously he's sitting there and and, in the world of Sailor Moon where no one is prettier than anyone else because they are exceptionally gorgeous. Um, So Usagi's not supposed to be the pretty one. So when he's doing all this, he's not at any point saying, you know, you know, you're probably not going to be a model because most people don't become models. He's just like, no, you should give it a go. See what happens. I'm like, oh, what a good boy. And then, then. Well, okay. We get our next person. Now here's the, here's the deal. I do want to hear about what it says in the novel because the, what they've done to this next scene in the dub is change it completely in the japanese version in the original version what happens is uh, mamoru is right there listening to motoki talk to, to yusagi and he says yeah he's right uh you know you should not give up no matter what obviously you're not gonna g- become a model but you know what matters is to try and then he launches into this speech. Besides, the whole concept of beauty is bullshit. Every the way that like our society works is bullshit. It's all about <laughs> what's on the inside. All this stuff about models is nonsense. Who cares what they look like? That is like the main thrust of his thing. He does throw in a couple of little and also you're not good looking. <laughs> Like jabs in there, but the but the main thrust of his argument is that what matters is on the inside. Am I right about that? Yes. Yeah. In the uh, American dub, they totally throw that out one hundred percent. And what he says to her is some of the meanest stuff he has ever said to her in the American dub at all. Oh, I'm Uh, excited. He says, uh, "Okay." The first line he says, "Oh, he goes, yeah, I can just see you tumbling off the runway, braying like a donkey, Serena the hyena." Jesus Christ. (laughs) Stab him in the face. That is how he starts it. And then he goes, yeah, you're, there's no way you're going to be a model. You have to get, pl- you're always late. Uh, you never take things seriously. You can't walk a block without falling down and taking down three other people with you. And she's like freaking out. She's like, how do you know so much about being a model? And he's like, oh, because I was a model. Uh, when I was uh, just out of high school trying to make some money uh, for college, they uh, had me be a model. and It was hard work. Let me just tell you. And it was like, oh, what? my God. <laughs> It was crazy. Oh, oh. Wait, wait till we get to the novel. Just Please. wait till we get to the novel. Let's well, let's hear it. Let's hear what the novel says. Okay. Uh, first of all, Darian enters this scene, and uh, the way it is described is that uh, he wasn't in his school uniform, and Serena noticed how painfully good he looked in a black turtleneck and khakis. <laughs> oh God! Which that's it. Look, that's a good look. That's a real good look. Mm-hmm. Black turtleneck and khakis. Yep. Not at all what he is wearing in this episode, but it's it's a good look. So there's a lot of uh, Darian kind of bantering with Serena in his usual asshole way. Interestingly enough, he calls her Blondie in the novels instead hmm. of Meatball Head. Really? Weird. Uh, or Bunhead, which is what he usually calls her in the in the uh, original. So, he uh, says something that's very suspicious of, of Peter. Like, th- that it's weird of him to change his focus all of a sudden. Which, that's not weird. He's 14. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, true. if he's taken award-winning landscapes, like, why would he not want to try something else? Like, he's done. 
Lionsgate. Yeah. Well, he did uh, literally just give an interview where he says he was sticking with landscapes. Maybe, but again, he's 14. Yep. Like, th- that is not unusual. So, uh, so what's wrong with changing his focus? Serena narrowed, narrowed her eyes. Look, Darian, if you have a problem with Peter, I've never met Peter. I was just asking. He brushed a strand of hair from his eye. I used to model, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Serena blinked. Darian used to model? No way, she said, shocked. Andrew laughed. And again... <laughs> We talked about the subtext. Andrew laughed. He sure did. How old were you, Darian? 14? Oh my god. The arcade manager leaned against a game and smiled. His mom showed me the clippings. I can't believe Calvin Klein had you model their young adult line. What? This is beautiful in every way. Uh, so uh, there's a, a a long, long segment where Serena uh, is just thinking about how hot Darian actually is. Uh, ending ending with I uh I I gotta go. I'll see you guys later. Uh, but now this is uh this is the last time Darian really appears or, or Memoru appears in the manga. Um, but in the novel, uh, obviously Tuxedo Mask appears later. But in the novel, Darian shows up like uh, while she's walking home. Uh, I think the next day and gets into another discussion. And this is where it really deviates from the original in terms of throwing in a lot more of the romantic drama. And she she gets accepted into the second round of the contest because there's a second round. Oh yeah, there's, which is weird because in the yeah. in the anime, all he wants to do is get as many girls into one place as he can. So everyone gets through again a jedi plan but all right it is a jedi plan so she has her acceptance letter and she goes look she said holding up the letter and shaking it i got into the second round of peter's contest didn't think i could do it did you darian shrugged i never thought you couldn't do it uh serena stopped huh darian brushed a strand of hair from his eye yeah he's look a lot (laughs) of strands of hair I went to see that kid, Peter, he said quietly. People told me he was always a little off, but there seems to be something seriously wrong with him. He was way too excited about this contest. Again, he's 14 and 200 girls in bathing suits are going to show up. Uh, let's have their pictures taken. I, it seems like something he should be excited about. He looked up and his ocean eyes were cold. Don't go to the contest, Blondie. For a long moment, Serena couldn't speak. Her jaw didn't want to close. You, you investigated this? She cried. She turned to him, fully clenching her free fist in anger. Darian, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why can't you just stay out of my life? You're always looking for some excuse to, I checked it out because I was worried about you. Serena froze. What? She whispered. Darian stepped away from the alley wall. He's in an alley, by the way. Uh, Creeper. I told you I used to model, Serena. It's not as glitzy a business as you think it is. You should never go to some stranger just because he offered you a possible modeling job. <laughs> that is that is the moment where I went ahead and marked this passage, by the way. Nice. Uh, it took Serena a second to get her voice to work. Peter's a classmate, but do you really know him that well? No, she didn't know him that well. <laughs> That's narration. Uh, so he goes on for a minute and then, uh, you don't understand anything. She said shakily. I really want to do this, Darian. It's listen to me. He grabbed her by the arms and pulled her close. Serena's heart stopped. You're way smarter than you act, Blondie. Wake up. This competition could be dangerous and I don't want you going. Uh, Serena's mouth opened, but no sound came out. He was so close, too close. She could feel her heart speeding up again. She could feel her mind spinning. He, he didn't want her going. Darian clenched his teeth. It doesn't matter what you look like. He said darkly, his fingers tightening on her arms. You're smart. And that's what's important. But it will keep you from entering if I say it. Fine, I'll say it. He released her. You don't have to enter, he said, his voice much quieter. He looked away. You don't have to enter, Blondie, because I can tell you right now you're prettier than any other girl who could enter. 
Wow. So that is just the most manipulative. <laughs> wow. It really is. Wow. This dude called her a trash heap two weeks ago. He's shaking her around. He's like, you're smart when she's not, and it, that's okay. And he's and he's like, Whoa, this oh god, no Serena. This the photographer's not the one you should be worried about. Ugh, creepy. Yeah. It is it's it's really it, it is weirdly amplified in every way and I think it does not come off as the uh, dramatic moment of Darian being concerned for her that I think it was intended to no I think it was meant to be like super romantic like he cares about you he cares yes. about you enough to shake you and he's guys he's trying you to save alley. her <laughs> he thinks she might go be 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 taken advantage of uh, trying to yeah save her. but there are other ways to deal with that <laughs> Well, yes. I want to know like, more about Darian being a model. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, it's it's like that. Uh, well, the, I mean, what this was it? makes the, it sound uh, like something bad. Handsome boy modeling school sketch with Chris Elliott. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm a male model, not a male prostitute. <laughs> it's like this weird. Like, also, I want Ben Stiller to do the voice of uh, Mamoru now. As oh. Ben Stiller as Derek Zoolander as Mamoru Chiba. <laughs> Uh, so it, none of that happens in the uh, in the anime, and I should say, like Serena doesn't enter the contest. She goes, but she goes with the other scouts to investigate. She does not go to enter the contest. What? So all the stuff, about the bathing suit that we get in the anime is is not in the novel at all. Holy crap! Uh-huh. So well then, yeah. So cause what happens next is Serena is is waiting to to get the mail, and uh, Shingo takes the opportunity to make fun of her, saying, "You're never going to get into this contest. You're you're a fool for even hoping." And of course, she does get into the contest. She's super excited. She gets ready because, yes, as you said, there is a bathing suit section. She pulls out her bathing suit to discover it has been eaten by moths. Which <laughs> seems weird. It is a little strange. It is a little strange because I, t- I tend to think of bathing suits as being made of a material that moths don't typically eat, right? Like typically. Yeah. And like drenched in chlorine. And- yes, yes. All of these things. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't also, matter. Also, it's the only one she owns. Oh, yeah. She's got just got the I one. I don't believe that of Serena. I well, think she would have like six. All pink. <laughs> really? I mean, I, she doesn't live that close to the ability to swim, does she? I mean, I, I don't know. Well, she's in Tokyo and there are many. Pose. Yeah, like yeah. I would assume that she would at least have her her school bathing suit because oh, right. look, that, I guess that shows you what kind of anime I've watched. <laughs> Oh, yeah. She goes to a public school, so she's unlikely to have, like, a school swimming pool. No? Oh, okay. available. Hmm. Well. But she has, like, so many clothes. Like, I mean, we've talked about so that. So many clothes. She, like, she has a yeah. new outfit in every episode, which is really nice. So you would think, yeah, she would have more than one swimsuit. But, you know. But it's funnier that she doesn't. <laughs> So she all look funny. So she shows up at the uh, at the uh, place where they're having the I don't even know what it is. So the place where they're having uh, all the the, the the model show up, and, uh, and she brings her cat for some reason. Yeah, she brings Luna in her in her little Luna picnic basket. <laughs> Peter is flipping out. Uh, he is like spazzing out. Like, models, you're going to do what I say. Ah! Go to the <laughs> rooms and get dressed. Um, <laughs> so they all go in. And I love the fact that uh, the fact that Usagi got picked is what makes Luna suspicious that something is wrong here. <laughs> She's literally saying to Usagi, that, like, you, you, nobody but a monster would pick you as a, a model. This can't look, be right. We have talked about, we have talked about how the idea of gradations of beauty in this show is yes. weird because everybody looks exactly alike. Just like yeah. Ray has long hair. 
Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Ray is supposed to be the pretty one, but, you know, she's no, not appreciably prettier than uh, Sailor Mercury or, or Sailor Moon. So we have this dialogue to go on with everybody going, yeah, you're not model material, Usagi. <laughs> Which is weird because the name of the show is Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Yep, that's true. <laughs> it is her primary attribute. Well, there you go. You know what? That's what it is. That's why nobody recognizes her because the ma- the magic makes her prettier. It's just we can't tell the difference. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that makes uh, sense. Yeah. That's although that is a horrible thing. <laughs> like that's not good. I don't like that. No, I don't think that's what it is. It's just like it's so weird that everybody's like, eh, I don't know about this series. It's like no, like I'm the pretty soldier who fights for. John- it's like I say it every week. No, 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 no. That's Sailor Moon. You don't look anything like her. She's very pretty. Like, I just want I just want one of the monsters to be like, you're not that pretty. <laughs> like, you're, a, you're a soldier who fights for justice, but I mean, eh, maybe maybe just say I'm a soldier who fights for justice. Sailor Mars know? is pretty if she was the lead. Um, so, so Luna is suspicious because Yusagi's been chosen. Uh, and then to rub it in, because Yusagi's walking along going, no, that's not true. I'm super special. That's why. Uh, then she walks into both Molly and her teacher, Haruna, are both there also to do B-models, uh, which she did not realize was going to be happening. Uh, so they go into change. Uh, Molly and Haruna both get into their bathing suits. Haruna is... And it's really obvious um, in bathing suits that their legs are actually like two-thirds of their body. Thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's less obvious in the street clothes, but when the, the, it's all legs, <laughs> it's, it's really clear. Yeah, there's a, there's a scene where Naru is standing opposite uh, Usagi, where, and, and she also has a... She's holding a bag that uh, comes down and and covers like the top of her of, of her hips, so it looks like her legs go up to her shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> um, Miss Miss. Speaking of Miss Runa, she looks smoking hot in this bathing suit. Yeah, she does. What's That's up? Good to face. <laughs> uh, so much so that like Naru is kind of uh, embarrassed to be standing next to her. It's it's, it's kind of sad for. Her. Um, she makes a, t- a very unhappy face. Uh, so then Serena reveals her bathing suit. What she has done is she's covered up all the moth holes with bows. So she has a bunch of is, awkward bows all over her thing. It's adorable. I right? think it's so cute and it's it's very resourceful. And you know that Luna didn't suggest it. This was something she came up with herself. It was oh, like, yeah. I'm going to get some ribbon and I'm going to tie some bows. I'm going to like wriggle them into the holes and hope nothing falls out. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Do you guys not think this thing looks hideous? <laughs> I think it's adorable. Do you guys not think this thing looks awful? Hey, listen, it's, it's not. not no, it's, yeah. In the context of the show, it is no more nor less hideous than many, many other things she wears. So I feel that it it, it represents her style adequately. Yeah. I guess for me, it's it's just that, yeah, it, uh, the fact that she's done this, it, it all kind of blends together into the whole thing being kind of adorable. If it, Totally out of context, I probably would look at it and go, why are there a bunch of bows on that bathing suit? That's stupid. But in the story, I think it's 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 very cute. So uh, <laughs> Shijin, or no, uh, Kijin, Kijin Shinokawa, is uh, taking pictures of all the girls and uh, something that no one seems to be noticing is that there are lasers shooting out of his camera yep. that make the yep. girls disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, a talking cat notices this. No one has and also noticed the talking cat. <laughs> right. Yeah, Luna just jumps into there and kind of whispers to Yusagi, but not that quietly. She's just like, Yusagi, people are disappearing. And Yusagi's like, that's stupid. That's not true. And for some reason, <laughs> no one Why would she do that? Why would she? She didn't do that. Yeah. Why would why she not be funny? like, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Something like this happens every week. <laughs> yeah, every time I leave the house, the dark kingdom gets involved. Because it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> because this time she's because she really wants to be special. She and uh, being a moon princess, or rather being Sailor Moon. 
Moon is not special enough. She wants to be a model and she thinks that they really are choosing her. And so if it's a dark kingdom, then it's all a trick and, and she's not beautiful like she thinks she is. Well, that's a good rationalization. Jordan, let me tell you something. If, well, it'll, yeah. if it'll keep this podcast going, I'll say it. She is beautiful. She's pretty <laughs> the girl who could enter. Because your Darian voice is the best thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So douchey. I just want to reach through the monitor and slap you. You're a pile of trash. You're <laughs> a trash heap. So you need to make these big tones. I, I get real close on the mic when I do that too. So uh, Luna convinces Serena or Usagi, I should say, to at least call Amy and uh, you know report this negaverse action. And she goes, "Fine, fine, fine." So she does that while uh, while uh, uh, everybody else is going to get their picture taken. And as a result, she's not there when uh, the picture gets taken. And she comes in and sees it happen. And yes, of course, Naru and and, and Haruna get zapped. First of all, I, and I do want to say uh, again, Miss Haruna. A adult woman posing sexily. Sure. They have Naru like bending over to give a cleavage shot. Come, really? I know. Come it's on. Really gross. <laughs> so anyway. And, is there and should be preventing this, right? You'd think like, she's a teacher. Position of authority. <laughs> <laughs> She's too busy posing for herself. It's, she doesn't care. Yeah. So they get zapped into nothing. And so then Serena comes up in her bathing suit and be, and begins giving the speeches in her bathing suit, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, she didn't transform first. She just comes up in her, her ridiculous pink ribboned suit going like, who do you think you are? Taking pictures of women and zapping them into nothing or whatever. Uh, can we can we get an official tally on if this is number number five for Naru and number four for Haruna, I oh, think? Gosh. Is that right? Let me look at the list of episodes. Yeah, that's right. This is this is is this the fifth time Naru has been the victim of a Dark Kingdom attack? Well, let's see. Naru, Runa. Episode one, Naru. Right. Episode two is that the the fortune tellers was was either of them in that? Uh, I don't think so. Episode three was talk radio that got both of them. That got Naru and Haruna. Episode four was the 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 exercise one that got both of them. So that's three each. No, no, Haruna's only at two. Okay, okay. wait, she wasn't in the exercise episode. She was in exercise on the radio. She wasn't in the fortune telling and she wasn't in the first episode no I, i'm saying plots i know like that's only two times have they been okay that's only two uh, yeah i know okay. uh so then anyway uh then we had the chanella did either of them have chanellas uh i don't think that i know haruna didn't okay protect the melody of love that's the jazz one no neither of them was in that you want to be a superstar that's naru uh girl genius is a monster neither of them uh the clock episode did they have clocks uh naru did her haruna was uh not in the classroom in that episode or was she no she was she was they, they both got hit in that episode okay Wow. <laughs> uh, the Cursed Bus episode is the Mars episode. Neither of them got hit in that. Nightmare in Dreamland. Neither of them were at the at the amusement park, right? Uh, I don't think so. The Luxury Cruise Ship is a trap. They weren't in that one. Uh, the End of Jedi. No. Nephrite's Evil Crest was the, the tennis episode. Naru. So, yes. Naru was involved in that. Uh, wow. Ray's First Date. No. No. Yusagi Becomes a Bride. Haruna's in that. Haruna's <laughs> in that. Uh, the Flash She's not a victim that plot, though. She's not a victim of that plot. So you don't want to count that? All right. I'm not going to count that. But you okay. but you counting Naru for the tennis one? Yeah, cuz Naru was directly affected. All right. By And then we're Haruna up to this one. Go shopping. We're up to this one then, so which has Haruna and Naru both. So by my tally, that means Haruna has only been in four plots, but Naru has been in seven at this point. <laughs> Oh man, I still want to see like I I, I just want to see one therapy session. <laughs> yeah, okay. Naru is definitely like getting checked out by every specialist in the city, right? Like her mother is hauling her to everything. Go, honey, you just I mean, I think you've got to be anemic, you don't have any energy. 
<laughs> Shut up, mom. You're a monster. <laughs> and your jewelry is tacky. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. So anyway, yeah. Not poor Naru. And, and it, look, it's only going to get worse for Naru. So much worse. It's only going to get worse oh. over the next 10 episodes. So, okay. Oh. We got we to gotta get, but we got to get through this one first. So she right, transforms right. into Sailor Moon. Uh, he, the, the photographer's taking pictures, of, trying to take pictures of her, but again, uh, AKA pictures meaning like laser blast. Heejin says, uh, he finally lays it out. He's like, yeah, it doesn't like, look, it doesn't matter if you're pretty. Any girl will do. I just want to murder these girls, <laughs> which is, that's, that's a big change. Like all Rui wanted to do was play violent tennis. Uh, right. But I guess this guy just thinks he's taking pictures. So Ooh, yeah. they disappear. I mean, that is true. You think he doesn't understand that well at any rate uh she is he is foiled by a sailor moon kick which is great <laughs> it is pretty epic she does this amazing flying leap and like kicks the camera out of his hands it's pretty badass the camera oh, in the novel it's like there's a lot of description of this kick and how she just stomps his face <laughs> and nice. he is out cold with a boot print on his face oh yeah it totally <laughs> takes him out and the camera lands she in the right water kicks him. it's awesome uh so he's down he's out that's it that's the end of it uh, so episode over right well no because down in the, in the swimming pool, the camera... He's not a creep. He's a monster. Yes. <laughs> the camera transforms into a monster whose name is uh, Kiamran, if I remember. I think Cameron is a rapper. Well, it's, I think it's K-Y-A-N... Oh, no. K-Y-A-M-E-R-A-N. Uh, in Cameron. the novel, the American name of the monster is Modelite. <laughs> which okay. Somebody, somebody okay. took the day off on that one. Somebody, somebody <laughs> yeah. was uh, going to lunch. So Ed, the, Edite. <laughs> the camera is the, the camera monster is pretty awesome. Doesn't look like a camera at all, but has its hand has a, a weird eye in it, and then it does this weird like flashbulb effect, and it does the equivalent of taking pictures, and again, aka shooting blasts. Uh, and it starts shooting at, at Serena, and she manages to dodge, and then it co- corners her, and it's about to take her picture, quote unquote, when Luna jumps in front. To me, obviously, as anyone can tell who, who listens to the show, stakes raised at this point. Luna has been blasted to, to nothing so i'm like what uh <laughs> i really like the design of this monster too this it's is cool. probably my favorite monster design since god like the yusuke amada episode uh Ooh. it's it's because it's a weird fashion monster mm-hmm. like she's got the the weird shoulder pads that are actually like bones in her shoulders uh she's very kind of david bowie looking i really really like the design on this monster uh and i think the eye in her palm that yeah. shoots out lasers and then produces little polaroids yeah yeah when she clenches really, her really fist really cool. p- cameras or pictures seep out from between her fingers it's pretty cool a picture of luna and a picture of Peter, yeah. oh, because she but she blasted Peter too uh, earlier. She's got an undercut, which is always. A good <laughs> I really look. like how how this this um this whole episode gets into this idea that you know cameras steal your soul. A picture is taken of you, and then a part of you disappears. Yeah, like it really plays on that, and it's got that whole creepy pan labyrinth eye and the palm thing, and it's just ugh, it's yeah, it's almost as spooky as the next one. I also like the idea that this uh, award winning photographer is basically using a Polaroid Instamatic. I know. <laughs> <laughs> produces the pictures immediately. So it looks like he's gonna like if, if Sailor Moon had not intervened, he would be taking pictures for American Apparel. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it looks like Usagi is doomed at this point uh, when, oh, good, the, the Sailor Scouts both show up. Uh, Sailor Mars and Mercury show up to save her. Uh, guess what? They get taken out in one second. They, like, sh- they start shooting the blast. She's like, this isn't going to work on me. She takes both of their pictures. They're both out. So the novel actually does a really good job of building tension in this because the the monster has, uh, Modelite has uh, Usagi trapped and uh, Sailor Mars like shoves her out of the way and you get the mercury bubbles. And so they're kind of creating cover and trying to attack her and, and Serena's kind of hanging back because she's not sure what to do. It's actually a really, it's really cool scene. Uh, but yeah, in the show, it's just like, oh, hey, we're here. Oh, we got, we got zapped. Yep. Yeah. If you thought Fortunately. they were going to save her, you were wrong. Uh, so, th- and then we get... Fortun- fortunately, uh, two things happen. One is that we suddenly realize that the room is lined with mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> and two, we suddenly learned that Usagi is capable of a 12-foot standing vertical leap. Yes. Yes. She figures out that, hey, wait a minute. I, she has a memory. Again, this is this is a, another difference between the Japanese and the American. In the Japanese one, she literally remembers something somebody says to her going like, keep your eye on yourself or something like that. And she's like, eye on yourself. Whereas in the, in the American dub, she literally goes, hang on, if I get her to blast herself, then that would... And it was like, okay, I guess they didn't think we would be able to make that connection. Um, so she does. She leaps ridiculously high in the air, flips over the monster Beautiful. as it's firing. The monster fires into the mirror, hits herself. For some... And this is super weird, though, because for, for, for no reason I can understand, For while with everybody else, it turns them into a photograph, it makes her, like, melt. It boils her skin. <laughs> Oh, How pleasant! Impressive. It's super like it's it's harsh. So she bo- she boils, and then uh, once she's like uh, staggered by that, then Serena can take the opportunity to tiara her and kill her. Uh, and thankfully, k- killing the monster releases everyone from the photos, not <laughs> meaning they're lost forever, which was totally yeah. a possibility. <laughs> So uh, then basically the episode's over. We have the button of the episode, which is um, they find out that uh, uh, Serena's family is watching the television and they they find out that uh, Peter has decided he's not going to take pictures of girls. After all, uh, he's going to go back to landscapes. Or no, he's not even going to go back to landscapes. I'm sorry. He's going to give up photography. Oh, I forgot the best part of the episode. I can't believe I skipped the most important part of the episode. The most important part of the episode to me, and which is why I was so upset they screwed it up in the American version, is that when Sailor Moon is fighting this monster and the and the photographer boy, she quotes back everything that Memoru says to her. Yeah. She's sitting there. Go- About how what's important is a kind of uh, lots of guts. Yeah, yeah. What's important is, is what's on the inside. It's not about beauty and beauty is, you know, she literally quotes back everything Memoru says. And, and Luna even goes, that's that's what Memoru said to you because they have a little <laughs> connection there. I like that. So then at the very end of the episode. Listen, it's uh, <laughs> what matters is guts. <laughs> Uh, well, and then he does say, he does say it's like both, both looks and guts. And then he says something like, and you don't have either of them. And she, <laughs> she doesn't even argue. She's like, it doesn't matter. I can, I can learn to have it. Uh, anyway, so then at the end of the episode, Peter goes, or, or the photographer goes, I'm going to give up photography because until I fully, fully understand the fact that women are, are more beautiful on the inside. Like, it's this totally weird moment. It's like, you could just go back to doing landscapes. No, 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 no. I have to understand no, no. what women are before I can ever take another <laughs> picture. <laughs> It's very weird. The tantalizing mystery of femininity. <laughs> mm. 
Uh, <laughs> would you like to hear what he decides to do in the novel? Oh, yes. Is it amazing? As usual, everyone who's knocked out kind of, they don't realize they have been a victim of a monster plot. Right. Uh, they just sort of think that they fell asleep. I think they all fell asleep at the same time. <laughs> and so they only get a glimpse of Sailor Moon as she leaves. But Kijin, or, or Peter, Peter Fisher, says that he uh, is giving up taking portraits and landscapes because there was a, a vision that he had of a beautiful girl who said that she was from the moon. Yeah, yeah. So from now on, he will be taking moonscapes. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is that's in the American dub as well. is yeah. not, like, that is an entirely different field. Yep. He's yeah. Switching over. He might as well have said he's becoming an astronaut. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to figure out what he, like, is he just going to go outside and take, like, zoom lens pictures of the moon at night? Sure. You can, you can do that. I mean, like, yeah, like, you can. But, like, most astro- uh, astronomical photography is done with like a space telescope like, yeah. it it, requ- it requires significant it is not a thing a middle school student can do but apparently he's just <laughs> going to be taking moon pictures now pretty funny so that was a, a pretty good episode i uh, listen it's a doofy episode but i think it's a good one that is one where i definitely think though that the japanese version is far superior to the american dub um like far superior the, the american dub just loses a lot of the nuance and just is just is more sloppy uh, hey we're missing out on a really important thing What's that? Because that Zoisaya turns up to taunt Nefresh. Oh yes, you're right. We did skip that. Way. I, I did. We did forget to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nephrite is uh, is looking at the stars spinning in his uh, in his house, and all of a sudden they just go out, <laughs> they disappear, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and, and Zoisite shows up to go. Oh, that plan didn't work, did it? Sounds like uh, <laughs> Queen Barrel's not going to be too happy. <laughs> it's so that that I will tell you is one of the hardest parts for me watching the Japanese. Is it's so difficult for me to think of Zoisite as a man because I, because again, because I watched the the American versions a couple. A, a, a few times and they'd play her as a, as a woman and I, I it, it, every time that he shows up as a guy I'm like well, oh oh right 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 oh yeah that's right yeah <laughs> but they're so petty I love it they just really hate each other <laughs> yes they're like grumpy about it the Zoe's like like ha needle 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 <laughs> I like that too because it's not a thing that we ever got with Jedi uh, it was just Jedi interacting with Queen Beryl and Queen Beryl being like nope make it more evil <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, but he but he even feels like it was a victory, though, because he... It, it, well, I know in the American version, he definitely is talking about how he's like, yeah, I didn't win, but I beat two of the scouts for a while, so I've proven that, like, they're beatable, and now I'm going to come back and, you know, beat them for real. Yeah. Uh, so you you would recommend this episode uh, to viewers, Jordan? Yeah, I, the, the Japanese one, yeah. You wouldn't? I don't know if I would. It's it's probably my least favorite so far. It's, it's very, very kind of samey to a lot of things. It, it doesn't, like, the plot doesn't really feel distinctive. It, it, again, it's one of those that kind of feels like a leftover Jedi plot, where sure. it's just, let's get as many people in one place as we can and zap them with a laser beam. Like, even Kijin himself doesn't really, they don't really sell the idea of him being, like, super over-ramped. Like, what was her name? Uh, Helen Lambert, the sewing teacher, was in the last episode. <laughs> right. I, it just, this one feels, I mean, look, it's still good. I like, I, look, I like Sailor Moon quite a bit. Oh, but yeah? Uh, I would say like there are better versions of this plot that you could you could watch if you're not into watching every episode. I would say see if you can find a screenshot of Usagi in that swimsuit and you're good. <laughs> 
Yep. So now is the time of the show uh, where we talk about what we learned from this episode. Uh, Jordan, do you have the moral queued up? I do. You want to hear it? I do want to hear it. Here we go. We girls spend an awful lot of time primping and trying to look hot. So do you guys, but you don't like to admit it. But there's more to beauty <laughs> than looks. And being a beautiful person inside where it counts. So remember, beauty is way more than skin deep. And I told you so. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I do like that she introduces that moral talking like a bad early 90s stand-up comic where she's like, uh, we spend a lot of time uh, making ourselves look hot. Am I right, ladies? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, that one was awkward because there's like a, a lot of nothing in the middle. There was a long pause where there were, where you guys couldn't even see. We were just watching like clips from the show for no reason. It's not like there were clips of people primping. It was clips of like her fighting the camera monster and so it was, took a lot of time just to say, there's more to beauty than the looks. There's also what's inside the end. That was it. That was all she said. Chris, what did you learn this episode of Sailor Uh I learned that if a uh, 14-year-old boy starts really being into pictures of girls, especially pictures of girls in swimsuits and bikinis, that uh, there's something definitely wrong with him that is shameful. And uh, you should do whatever you can to stop him, including kicking him in the face. <laughs> Nice. Jordan, what'd you learn? I learned that if somebody asks me to model for them, I should make sure it's somebody I know really well. Good, good call. Good call. <laughs> Karen, what did you learn from this episode? I learned that you can cover up any fashion mishap with a couple of meters of ribbon. That is a very good lesson. Woo! <laughs> So that is going to bring episode 17 of both Sailor Moon and Sailor Business to a close. Uh, Karen, before we leave, uh, can you tell us where we can find you on the internet? You can find me um, at my Tumblr, Karen Healy, that's H-E-A-L-E-Y, or on Twitter, K-E Healy, H-E-A-L-E-Y, or at my website, KarenHealy.com. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope the technical problems in this episode haven't been so bad that you won't join us for our next episode uh, when we watch. Do, Do you have the title or is it just creepy dolls everywhere uh let's see I, I've, creepy, got it. Creepy dolls. I've got it here the episode the t- title is shingo's love the grieving doll Ugh, <laughs> creepy dolls everywhere i hope you all like creepy dolls because <laughs> that is what we've got in store for us uh this has been a sailor business uh you can find me on twitter at the isb and you can find me at about.me slash chris sims jordan you can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. And you can find our podcast on Twitter at Sailor Business, where you can tell us what you thought of the episode and ask us any questions you want to ask. And I guess that about does it for this week. So until next time, keep your mind on Sailor Business. You think I've got what it takes? Yeah, absolutely. I can just see it tumbling right off the stage. Bring like a donkey. It's Serena the hyena. Just stay out of this, okay, Darian?